when Scott was dying, he turned to his son-in-law Lockhart and said, Give me the book. Looking around the library, he said, Which book? And the dying man responded, Which book? There is but one book. Naturally, the Bible. We really have enjoyed the lyrics that Priscilla Owens has written, that we have just sung, Give me the Bible. Do you realize in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 20, that that is, is essentially what Jesus himself said as he was visiting the synagogue in his childhood home of Nazareth when he called for the scroll of Isaiah and read therein? In other words, he said, Give me the Bible. This morning, I would like to call very sentiment this morning. Give me the Bible. Number one, give me the Bible and it will save me. Give me the Bible and it will save me. I admit, I was lost. The Apostle Paul accurately said, There is none righteous, no, not one, for we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 and verse 23. John the Apostle declares unto us, 1 John 1, 7 through 9, that if we say that we have no sin, we are a liar. The truth is not in us. We have We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19. Yet, the great news this morning is that the Word of God has the ability and the power to save us from our sins. I am not ashamed. Paul has written, for it is the power of God to salvation, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1, 16. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, watch it, that is able to save your soul. James chapter 1 and verse 21. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word that I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 and 2. It was the angel that instructed Cornelius to send for the apostle Peter. Why? The angel said, He will tell you words, 
by which you and all your household will be saved. Accordingly, you can read through the book of Acts, and in every single case of conversion, it begins with the declared Word of God. Give me the Bible when I am lost, and it will save me. Number two, give me the sinned, and it will convict me. Give me the Bible when I have sinned, and it will convict me. There must, before every conversion, be a conviction. You read in Acts 2.38, Peter instructing those Jews on the day of Pentecost to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. But that only followed what took place in verse 36, because that would have not been effective had they not been pricked in their hearts and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? The piercing, convicting question is what leads to conversion. Acts 2, 36-38. The Word of God has the power to convict me when I sin. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished to every good work. God's Word instructs me on what to do that is right. God's Word instructs me in what to do that is wrong. God's Word instructs me on what to do That is right when I have done wrong. And God's Word instructs me how to stay right with God. God's Word has the power to convict me. It is in the Word of God that I learn about sin. Paul says it best in Romans 7-7. Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness except the law instructed me, Thou shalt not covet. Romans 7-7 So when I read my Bible, and I learn about sin and transgression of God's law, This Word convicts me of that sin. Oh, Apollos vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Acts 18 and verse 28. Elders are to hold fast the faithful Word. Why? So that they may exhort and convict the gainsayers. Titus chapter 1 and verse 9. Give me the Bible when I have sinned, and it will convict me. Number three, 
Give me the Bible when I am tempted, and it will strengthen me. Give me the Bible when I am tempted, and it will strengthen me. Satan tempts. He tempts me, and he tempts you. James declares, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, neither does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away of his own desire and enticed. When desire has conceived, it brings forth, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it becomes full grown, brings forth death. James 1 13 through 15. Satan tempts us. And we learn even from the great example of our own Lord that when he was tempted by the great tempter, when he was tempted by Satan, he conquered him not once, not twice, but three times. How? You know. It is. It is written. It is written. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Your word, the psalmist said, have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 11. The law of his heart, none of his steps shall slide. Psalm 37, verse 31. My little children, these things I write unto you. Why, John? That you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 1 John 2 and verse 1. Give me the Bible when I am tempted and it will strengthen me. Number four, give me the Bible when I am teaching, and it will govern me. Give me the Bible teaching, and it will govern me. All of us in this room who are Christians should be a teacher in one way or another. We all should be teaching. If nothing else, the compels me to go out and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. I need to be teaching. How sad. To hear the words of the Hebrews writer in Hebrews 5 when he said, At the time you ought to be teachers, you now find yourself in need that one teach you all over again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Sadly, you are in need of milk once again, and you cannot handle strong meat. Hebrews 5, 12-14. Paul instructed his young protege, Timothy, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, you teach, you commit these to faithful men who will then be able to teach others also. 2 Timothy 2.2 2. We all, in one way or another, need to be teaching. 
And when that is done, this book should guide me, should govern me. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. Psalm 119.105 May God's Word forever be our message, our content, our emphasis in preaching and teaching. Those first century Christians went everywhere preaching the Word. Acts 8.4 They were daily in the temple and from house to house. They did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Acts 5, verse 42. We ought to teach it without any addition thereto, without any subtraction therefrom, without any modification to it whatsoever. If anyone declares any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, Paul says, let him be accursed. And he emphasized it by repeating himself, Galatians 1, 6-9. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God, 1 Peter 4, verse number 11. The world does not need my opinions. The world doesn't need philosophies. The world doesn't need our doctrines and traditions, Matthew 15, 9. The world needs the Bible. Give me the Bible when I am teaching, and it will govern me. Number five, give me the Bible when I am and it will comfort me. Give me the Bible suffering, and it will comfort me. The Word of God has to comfort and calm the suffering and troubled soul. The psalmist declared, This is my comfort and my affliction, for your Word has given me life. Psalm 119 and verse 50. Paul declared, Whatever things that were written beforehand were written for our learning, that we through patience and, mark it, comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Romans 15, verse 4. God's Word has... I am suffering to comfort me. It's when Paul has corrected the Thessalonians' misunderstanding about the second coming of our Lord that he tied it all up in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 18 when he said, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. How comforting it is to read and to know that our God, Jehovah, the God of heaven and earth, the God that created you and me, is described as a God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1. Verses 1 through 3. How comforting it is to read and to know that Jesus Himself invites us to cast all our cares on Him because He cares. 
for you and for me. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. How comforting it is to read and to know that Jesus will give us rest from our heavy burdens. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 How comforting it is to read and to know that He is anxious to hear and answer our prayers as any father would do to their children. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. How comforting it is to read and to know that our God will never leave or forsake us. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. How comforting it is to read and to know that He, even when we are all alone, will stand by us. As Paul declared, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. How comforting it is to read and to know that He understands our heartaches, our burdens, our difficulties, our sufferings, and invites us to approach the throne of grace and obtain mercy to help in time of need. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. How comforting it is to know that even in the darkest hours of my final day, When I am dying, I am able to say, when I travel through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Psalm 23. Give me the Bible when I am suffering, and it will comfort me. Number six, give me the Bible. When I am lonely, and it will give companionship. Give me the Bible when I am lonely, and it will give companionship. In that lonely Roman cell, to which I just alluded a moment ago, in 2 Timothy 4, Paul found himself alone, but Paul instructed Timothy... In his last letter, he he had written by inspiration that he wanted the parchments. Especially when we become lonely. There is no better time to pick up our Bibles and to begin reading God's Word. When lonely, there is no better time than to drink deeply from God's Word. When I am lonely, there is no better time to begin engaging in a deep and fulfilling study from God's Word. The Bible then instructs me, I am really never alone. I am always, even to the end of the age, Matthew 28, verse 20. It was God who assured Joshua 
In Joshua 1 and verse 5, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Give me the Bible when I... And it will give companionship. Number seven, give me the when I am discouraged, and it will encourage me. Give me the Bible when I am discouraged, and it will encourage me. If I'm a discouraged elder, then I read five and verse number four where the apostle Peter declares that when the chief shepherd appears you elder will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away if I am a discouraged preacher then I read Isaiah 55 and verse and assure myself God says, my word shall be that which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. If I am a discouraged Bible class teacher, I read Proverbs 18, and I hear the Bible say, He who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. If I am a discouraged Christian, I read from 15 and verse 58, where the Apostle Paul declares, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know, your labor is never in vain in the Lord. If I am a discouraged parent, I read Proverbs 22 and verse 6, Train up a child in the way you should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. Give me the Bible when I am discouraged. And it will encourage me. Number eight. Give me the Bible when I face decisions. And it will guide me. Give me the Bible when I face decisions. And it will guide me. The Bible gives me principles upon which... I am able to make the difficult decisions in life. I ask myself when I am faced with certain decisions, what would Jesus do? I'm reminded of His example and pattern that He set for me and laid before me. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21-23. When I face the decisions of life, I ask myself, how will this influence my family? And I read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. 
When I'm facing decisions of life, I ask myself the question, will this be putting the church first? And I'm reminded of what Matthew 6, 33, to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And He will take care of my life thereafter. When I face the difficult decisions of life, I ask myself the question, what is the basic nature of this? Is it guiding me worldliness and materialism? Or is it guiding me to Jesus Christ and a more spiritual path? 1 John 2, 15-17 I remind myself from God's Word, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, it's not of the Father, it's of the world. And the world passes away, will pass away in the lust thereof, but he who does, the will of the Father abides forever. When I face the difficult decisions in life, I ask myself, what difference will this potentially make in view of eternity? Because I know that when eternity is ushered in, there will only be two destinies. There will be everlasting or there will be eternal life. Matthew 25, 46. How will this decision affect that? When I face the difficult decisions in life, I ask myself, how is my conscience reacting at this moment? For if I have molded my conscience, shaped it by God's Word, then I understand, even as Paul declared in Romans 14, verse 23, that if it defies my conscience, and if it's not of faith, it is thus sinful. Give me the face, the difficult decisions in life, and it will guide me. Number nine, give me the Bible. I am dying. And it will sustain me. Give me the Bible when I am dying. And it will sustain me. It's no secret. Gentlemen. Brothers and sisters. I am dying. But the truth of the matter is. So are you. It is appointed. To die, and after this the judgment, Hebrews nine twenty seven. So the word of God is what sustains me when I am dying. The word of God informs me and assures me that I, as we often sing the beautiful gospel hymn, I will not have to cross Jordan alone. Psalm 23, 4. The Word of God sustains me when I am dying because it, and only it, actually instructs me as to what 
death is. James 2, 24 through 26, I understand the lesson that James taught when he talked about faith without works. And then alludes to the illustration that when my soul has departed my body, that is death. It is described as nothing more than a sleep. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18. It is nothing more than a departure. A departure from this world. This temporal, temporal life. And to be able to prepare myself to hopefully be with God for eternity. 2 Timothy 4, 6-8. Paul welcomed it with open arms after a lifetime that he had given from his conversion to the ministry of Jesus Christ. No wonder he said in Philippians 1, I'm in a strait betwixt two. I have a desire and to be with Christ, which is far better for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Give me the Bible when I am dying and it will sustain me. In the crisis of my fleeting days, nothing else will do so. No magazine, no blog on the internet, no television personality will do for you what the Bible for you. Finally, number 10. Give me the Bible when I am to be judged, and it will approve me. Give me the Bible when I am to be judged, and it will approve me. I am going to be judged on the final day, and you will as well, when eternity hangs in the balance. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. How wonderful it is to know that I am not going to be judged by a arbitrary judge. I will be judged by none other than the one who is qualified. The one who lived as a man, but is flawless in his judgment. John 12, 48. He will judge me by His Word. When the books are open, when I have accordingly, having lived faithfully, Revelation 2 and verse 10, only then may I hear the wonderful statement. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter in to the joys of thy Lord. Matthew 25, 21 through 23. Give me the Bible when I am judged 
and it will approve me. We have seen this morning. Give me the Bible when I am lost, and it will save me. Give me the Bible when I have sinned, and it will convict me. Give me the Bible when I am tempted, and it will strengthen me. Give me the Bible when I and it will govern me. Give me the Bible when I You knew that was going to happen, didn't you? I knew it. Give me the Bible. Just um it's on the tip of my tongue. You're you're writing notes. Suffering. See, I'm suffering right now, right? Give me the Bible and it will comfort me. Give me the Bible when I am lonely and it will give me companionship. Give me the Bible when I am discouraged and it will encourage me. Give me the Bible when I face difficult decisions and it will guide me. Give me the Bible when I am dying and it will sustain me. Give me the Bible when I am to be judged, and it may approve me. Indeed, there is but one book. The Bible, the psalmist succinctly declared, My heart stands in awe of your word. Psalm 119, 161. Give me the Bible. Holy message. Thy light shall guide me in eternal way. Precept and promise, law and love combining, till night shall vanish in eternal day. Would you bow with me in prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, we are so grateful for the occasion that has brought us together. Father, we are grateful for this day. Because to those of us who are children of yours, to those of us who are Christians, this day means more to us than any other day. It's a day wherein to magnify and to praise Thee. To be able to recognize Thee as our Creator, as our Redeemer, as our Sustainer in life. Father, it is this time that we are so grateful that You have not left without an understanding of Your will. Father, You have created us to be worshipers of You, and You have given instruction on how we may do just that. Father, thank you for informing us just how we may please you. Thank you for your word that guides us, governs us, sustains us, encourages us, and does all the wonderful things that we have noticed this morning. Bless those who have gathered in this Bible class. Thank you for this congregation 
and for the meeting that they have prepared for this week. We look forward to this time that we may continue to focus on the importance of you, your Son Jesus, and the word that He has spoken unto us. Father, thank you for every blessing we have in Christ and His church. Please forgive us when we fail you. May we forgive those who trespass against us. Father, we ask that you guide us through the rest of our lives. If there is anyone who has not yet obeyed the gospel, Father, we pray that they will hear your word declared and will respond accordingly. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.